Welcome to the Digital Marketing Insights Podcast, brought to you by Brightside Digital. Hi everyone, welcome to the show. I'm delighted to say I have Dermot with us, a senior social strategist. Dermot, how are you doing? Good, Tom. How are you? Thanks for being on the show. Yeah, very good, buddy. No, you're very welcome. Dermot, can we start off by you telling our audience a little bit about yourself? Sure, of course. So um, as you said, I'm the senior social strategist within Glenbia's internal agency. So I work with various brands within Glenbia's brand portfolio. So just for anyone that's unfamiliar with Glenbia, so Glenbia is a global nutrition group operating in areas such as sports nutrition, consumer foods, ingredients, and then has a number of brands within those areas. So then in terms of my journey as to where I am today, so I have a business degree from the University of Limerick. And during this time, I actually moved to Brussels, where I worked in a software as a service startup called Optimi, which was predominantly a B2B sales role. So I was that guy that was emailing you and calling you trying to set up a meeting. But it was actually during this time that I got my first exposure into the world of digital marketing. So I had been working a bit with the marketing team there and I knew then and there that that was the career path that I wanted to follow as opposed to sales. So then after finishing college, I worked in a small video production agency in Dublin as a sales and marketing assistant, still in predominantly a sales role. So I would have been contacting and pitching video production services to companies and managing briefs. Um, but this is where I first began to dabble in paid social media marketing. So I would have often been promoting the videos on social that we created for our clients and then expanding that out into social media management. And then during this time, I gained a higher diploma in digital marketing, which covered areas such as social media, PPC, Google Analytics and SEO. And I guess back then I was really just trying to upskill in the areas of digital marketing to try and break away from the sales roles that I previously held. But, you know, it's funny in hindsight now, I'm actually very thankful for my sales experience, especially working in a client facing role in an agency. I think when you work in sales, it teaches you a lot about grit and persistence, you know, because you're on that phone and you're emailing all the time. Um, But it also teaches you how to work with people and how to build your communication skills. And I think it's actually that my sales experience has actually probably made me the digital marketer that I am today, fully enough. And then following this, I moved to Glambia as a digital account manager. So I would have been account managing digital activity for numerous brands in various industries and markets. So mainly executing organic and paid social media marketing, but then also overseeing the creation of content, campaign planning, and carrying out analytics reports, carrying out social listening reports. And then also during this time, I completed a second higher diploma in strategic digital marketing. And then at the beginning of this year, I moved into the senior social strategist role within my team. So I oversee paid social strategy for a number of brands, which includes advising on strategies, budgets, targeting, um, creatives across a full funnel approach from awareness to conversion. And then of course, I also work very closely with specialists in other channels. So I work really closely with PPC specialists, programmatic specialists, um, and creative specialists to build out a full cohesive digital media strategies for the brands that we work across um, and yeah that's me that's amazing now I think we're gonna have some fun here Dermot so let's stick with paid social and then social mm-hmm. creatives for the moment um, yeah so can you tell us how you see the paid social landscape at the moment what platforms do you think are really strong how could a business potentially listen in expand or improve maybe their sales or their lead gens from a paid strategy on what platform? 
Yeah, so I think all social distilleries struggle. Of course, you know, TikTok has really, really exploded. Um, and I do think there is this misconception that, you know, TikTok is mainly, you know, young people, whereas the data actually shows that 50% of TikTok TikTok users in Ireland are over 25 with the under 25 making up the other 50%. So there is still a huge opportunity there. But then at the end of the day, you know, the meta platform of Facebook and Instagram are still driving huge results for companies and are still resulting in a lot of purchases. Um, but I think the main thing that has changed in social, especially since before the pandemic, is probably the shift in um, the, the content norms in the social media landscape. So you can really see probably just before the pandemic that there's been a big shift away from this overly branded, overly produced kind of Instagram aesthetic picture perfect content and more towards, let's say, content creator, influencer led marketing route. And I think a lot of brands are struggling with that and understandably so because I think for a long time, brands were so used to having so much control over the content and ensuring that it's all branded and professionally shot. And I think now with content creators really being at the forefront of pushing products, especially for the younger generations, it's hard to almost give up some level of content creation responsibility to essentially what are young TikTokers or Instagrams, Instagrammers. But I, I think at the moment, definitely for smaller brands, it does almost even the playing field because with the right content, with the right trend, with the right creator, you can really make a big splash on TikTok or even just social in general with little or no budget. So I think going into 2022 and 2023, if you are, let's say, a B2C brand and you truly are your customer's champion, then there's really no reason you shouldn't see success with social advertising. But at the same time, I think if you're failing to be authentic on social media, um, when at the moment, I think the quest for authenticity on social media is at the highest it's ever been. And if you look at apps like Be Real, whose whole ethos is to really shatter the picture perfect Instagram aesthetic, um, then you're probably going to struggle to connect with your audience online. So I think it's a very interesting time for social media at the moment. Um, but I think it comes down to more adapting your content strategy rather than, let's say, where you're where you're spending your media on, um, on social because your know, Instagram and Facebook are still driving good results. But you just need to make sure that your content is reflective of the, the shift in content that's taken place across Facebook and Instagram, mainly due to the rise of TikTok and how TikTok has actually influenced a lot of the content. And you can even see this coming through on YouTube. A lot of YouTube ads now I get hit, let's say on my phone or even on um, PC, it's actually shot in, you know, nine by 16, um, you know, uh, full screen uh, phone size. Yeah. So there's actually, you know, black on either side of the screen. So it's funny how TikTok has actually influenced uh, the type of videos that advertisers are putting up on YouTube as well. And it's amazing that transition into TV as well. I'm watching the Disney series, uh, Welcome to Wrexham with Ryan Reynolds. And whenever there's certain scenes, it cuts to the kind of flat TikTok screen kind of visuals throughout the show. You'll see that, that some shots are, are shot like that. And it is more authentic. I suppose there would be a lot of business owners that would be listening to this show and trying to get tips and help on it. Do you think now is the time a business needs to almost double up and have their business page, but also the owners or the founders or, or directors or, or top execs need to put themselves on camera and start creating that content on behalf of the business for them to succeed with this next phase of content? 
I think definitely, you know, you do see a lot of brands that are taking a more personal approach and, you know, there is kind of people, the people of the company are coming more at the forefront. But I mean, another strategy, if you felt that that wasn't a possibility, is just to put content creators and consumers at the forefront. So you'll actually see a lot of brands uh, are on TikTok, but they actually don't have their own page. But what they're doing is they're working directly with content creators and they're collaborating with content creators. And those content creators are promoting the brand and the products to their own pages. So you'll see a lot of times that brands actually don't have their own TikTok account. They're, they exist on TikTok via content creators and via consumers and UGC content. So that's another opportunity. But I do think people now, they do like to see who is behind the camera, who is behind the brand. Um, but also, I think if you want to take, uh, I guess, an alternative route to that personal touch, use your consumers, use UGC content and live on TikTok via them. You've hit spot on. So just to give real life examples for anyone that wanted to check out these kind of promotions. I suppose from a male point of view, Carl Mullins, quite a good one. He works with a lot of Irish businesses and, and obviously Pippa, Pippa O'Connor, um, is a very good influencer. Let's call them influencers for the moment, but they're, they're personalities and, and they promote band, brands. And mm-hmm. do you think this celebrity culture as well? So the, I think now more than ever, there's a lot of big name celebrities creating their own brands and designs and stuff and that do you think that's solely because they're taking advantage of this this awareness that they've had because of social media I would say so. I, I would say for these mega influencers, you know, the ones that are, let's say, nationally known, I would say that probably would be the end route. But I but I think like we've seen a lot of success with micro nano influencers and you know I think the you can see in the data that you know micro nano influencers they drew drive huge engagement rates because they tend to have a very niche audience so i guess a lot of those megan influencers, you know on monday they could be talking about you know a shampoo and then on tuesday they could be talking about a lawnmower whereas when you go to these these more niche you know um kind of micro influencers that focus on a specific topic whether it's food or nutrition or running they have a very highly engaged audience that follow them for that specific reason um so i think definitely looking I, I think at the end goal for mega influencers would kind of have their own brands but what i kind of like about tiktok as well it's that it's given rise to a different type of influencers i think for so long with instagram it was a very you know one type of male influencer one type of female influencer that spoke about these topics where i love the quirkiness and the weirdness of tiktok and how almost these people who have different interests and things that aren't let's say maybe that mainstream can really flourish so i think definitely um, for mega influencers, they obviously have a huge reach. They're very good to use, but I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't discredit using micro nano influencers, especially for your brand, because your brand is probably a very specific product, and there are people out there that, um, you know, could be very niche in that, and they would have a highly engaged audience. So definitely looking at all types of content creators and influencers um, is is very important. That's a really good point. And you mentioned there, Demo, about you're you're basically talking strategy now, so. Is there a campaign or an example that you have that you've made successful strategy-wise that you could share with our audience? Yeah, sure. So um, I'm really proud of all the campaigns and the brands I work for. And I think the one common theme I've seen when it comes to success is having a cohesive digital strategy in place across all your advertising platforms and also a cohesive creative strategy. So as you mentioned, I'm predominantly responsible for a social strategy. 
but also ensuring that my strategy in social doesn't act against or contradict the strategy ran across other digital channels for the same campaign. So I do think in order to get the best results for the budget a brand has available, it is important to look at all your digital advertising channels and see how are they all performing, how are they performing at each part of the funnel, and then strategically allocate your budget based off this, because a lot of the channels will have similar objectives. So taking into consideration things like cost per result or um, let's say the budget that's required to exit the learning phase on certain platforms. Those are all key things to look at when looking at your strategy. So I think definitely looking at your digital advertising activity as a whole, as opposed to per channel, will definitely help drive better results. And Dermot, is there any particular software you use to enhance your role? Yeah, um, there's definitely a few that I use. So from a campaign strategy point of view, I think the campaign planner function within both Meta and TikTok ads is a great starting point. Um, so this is a, a function we can go in and you can, let's say, build out your audiences. You can see um, how much budget you would need to hit a certain percent of them and you can see associated cost per metrics. So I think those are really good starting points from a strategy point of view. And then I think for anyone that's starting out in digital marketing, um, the advertising platforms themselves are a great place to start. So the likes of Meta, TikTok, Google, they'll all have learning resources available. So definitely check those out. And then from an execution point of view, um, I've actually been using Sprinkler for some years now. And I know that's been mentioned on this podcast before. So Sprinkler is a great platform for scheduling ads, scheduling organic content, reporting on organic and paid activity. Um, and I feel it definitely does save a lot of time, especially for anyone out there that's in agencies and who are all too familiar with uh, juggling different accounts at the same time and then it also has a really easy to use social listening tool so it allows you to monitor conversation sentiment around your brand and I think this is very insightful because it's good to see what people are saying about your brand what vocabulary they're using because I think you can use that to feed into your copy and creative strategy uh, but it's also good to see um, even like uh, usage occasions. So a lot of people could be using your brand without ever tagging you online. And Sprinkler has a logo identification. So you upload your logo and it can pull uh, your product in. So for example, let's just say if you are a protein brand, people could be posting pictures of their, um, you know, a certain type of shake or a certain type of recipe uh, with uh, using other products that you didn't realize um, was popular. So you could use that to inform your content strategy. Um, so I think those are kind of the three main softwares that I would use. That's a really good, uh, really good hint there to, to to identify that in Sprinkler. I think if you like, if you identify that, do you reach out to the user to use their image, or how, how does that process go? Uh, different. So a lot of times, what we do is we would pull a socialist report and we would just take those UGC ideas and bring them back to the brand and just see if there's any content ideas there. So for example, you know, a lot of times we can see, well, you know, what are people saying about our brand and a certain activity or our brand and a certain flavor, you know, and I think a lot of those can actually help even identify opportunities for maybe even new product development or something like that. But um, also just use occasion as well to see who is using your who is using your product. You know, I think sometimes you might have a, a customer base out there that you're not you don't really know or even usage occasions. I think it can play a lot into that. Um, you know, we've seen really surprising things that people could actually be using, let's say, a sports nutrition bar with their tea and coffee as opposed to as a pre or post gym workout. So I think there's just some interesting nuggets that you you can really get from your from user generated content on social really well said and i kind of you were talking before about micro influencers it's probably a great start to identify some of those micro influencers if they're regularly talking about your brand so 
um, it can be used for that as well. Yeah, so Sprinkler actually has a functionality called Top Advocates and Top Detractors, I think, where it can actually pull in people who are talking about your brand the most in a favorable way and also in a negative way. So it allows you to monitor negative sentiments, but it also allows you to identify, uh, as you mentioned, like potential micro nano influencers. Pretty well said. And is there any way you go, Dermot, for new insights, new information? Yeah, I mean, there's different media outlets, I guess, that I follow and subscribe to. Um, so the Social Media Examiner newsletter is a great one. Um, they have both a newsletter and a podcast, I believe, um, and a website. And I've recently started following a newsletter on LinkedIn called The Digital Donut, which I definitely recommend. It has some really good bite-sized nuggets in there. And it kind of comes out, I'm going to think, bi-weekly or weekly. Um, and then, of course, there's some really great podcasts along with this one, of course. So there's The Digital Marketing Podcast. There's Today in Digital Marketing. Um, and then I think as well, working directly with the social platforms themselves. So I'm very lucky to be able to work with teams in the likes of Meta, TikTok and LinkedIn. But if that isn't possible, they all, have, as I mentioned, they all have resources online and the majority of them actually do run webinars um, and live events. So definitely keeping an, an eye out for those as well, um, as they can be really, really insightful. Um, but I would say the one exception with social would probably be TikTok. So it's definitely a platform where along with keeping up to date with um, advancements in the advertising side, because I guess TikTok's ad platform is relatively new and it is evolving um, you know, month on month. But you do really need to be on the platform natively looking at content, but also content creators. I think TikTok was definitely a platform that kind of threw a spanner in the works for a lot of brands, especially over the pandemic. And I think a lot of brands do struggle to adapt their content strategy to it. So, um, yeah, definitely natively keeping an eye on TikTok as well as keeping an eye on any updates um, and advancements that the, the advertising side of the, the platform is doing. Damn it. That's some excellent advice and fairness. And yeah, you're well, you're well researched. Um, away from your strengths, is there any particular areas you're focused on upskilling right now? Yeah, I mean, um, there's actually I, I definitely a lot of areas that um, I'm looking to upskill in. Um, uh, currently, I'm doing training in Google Analytics 4, which is very topical at the moment. And I do think regardless of... Um, regardless of the channel that you advertise on, having web analytics reporting capabilities and knowing how your customers are using your website is very, very important. Um, but yeah, other than that, I'd love to gain more knowledge in e-commerce and e-commerce platforms. Um, e-commerce is definitely something that interests me and I use a lot of product catalogs on websites for some of the social conversion campaigns I run. So it's definitely something that I'd like to stay up to date with. And then again, on the Google side, um, one thing that I like to upskill in is Performance Max, which is a new goal-based campaign type in Google Ads that I've been hearing a lot about. So I think that would be interesting. But yeah, I think I definitely think that regardless of your speciality or your area of focus, I think having a good working knowledge of all digital platforms and elements of digital marketing really puts you in a strong position, especially for anyone out there that works in an agency, because it's really good. It gives you good more opportunities to identify opportunities for your clients because you know sometimes i might be talking to my clients about a paid social campaign but i might say oh you know there's an opportunity here to you know to have a new landing page on the website or you know to redo ux or you know maybe there's a ppc or a display element that you could do so um yeah i think just having a strong knowledge even if it's just a basic working knowledge of the different channels or different digital marketing areas is very important yeah that's really good advice and um the fact you're learning ga4 I think it's, you know, if you can master that, you can master e-commerce because then it's just about breaking down the channels and understanding them. 
Um, looking at the digital industry as a whole, is there anything that you think that might be coming in the future that's worth looking into from a, our audience point of view? Um, I think there's a lot of change at the moment. I, I think definitely if you are targeting, let's say, the likes of Gen Z or Gen X, it's interesting to see, I think, how 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 different it is marketing to them. You know, and I know I mentioned, let's say, authenticity on social media. And I know we quickly have touched on Be Real, but, you know, it's funny that, you know, they're really drawn to this platform where currently there are no ads. You know, there are no major influencers. It's just you and your friends and it's, it isn't overly produced content. So I think that's definitely something to keep in mind. Um, even at the moment when doing, you know, your campaigns and stuff like that, because, you know, it's in, if you are marketing to, let's say, 25 plus, you know, they are going to be the 25 plus in, you know, maybe a few years time. So it's interesting to see, I think, definitely how advertising as a whole is changing and content as a whole is changing. Um, and I, I think at the same time, it's very exciting. I'm, I'm very excited to see that consumers and people are now at the forefront of pushing brands if that makes sense so um yeah no it's exciting time for especially for social i think yeah and are you actively using be real at the moment Dermot? you know i had I, I was used at start and i was very good at it and then i think i just missed a few days where i didn't use it and then i'm like oh i need to get back into it but it's funny i always feel that my when i get the notification to post my reel it couldn't come at the more unfortunate time during the day like i would have just <laughs> i would have just hopped into the car and gotten on the motorway and it comes through you know where it's like i could be at home working from home and there's no notification but like the minute i'm in the queue in the shop that's when i get the notification to be real and um t- tell me is it uh, it's a it's the same time throughout every single day isn't it you set a time and that's when the notification will come no out. i think it mine seems to change um my, my be real notification seems to come at different times but i have a feeling mine might be actually based off when the people i'm friends with are using it so let's say i'll get notification that some of my friends have posted and then i get my notification to post because i think they might think i'm more likely to post in order because you in order to see what other people have posted you must post yourself so um yeah i think there's a bit of a strategy there in the in the be real algorithm yeah brilliant brilliant and um lastly Dermot, we always ask the same question to end the show which is if you had one personality trait that you have that you could pass on to others what would it be yeah so i was actually thinking about this one i'm not sure if it's more of a behavior trait or maybe it is a personality trait but i would definitely say having what i would call a sense of a get up and go about you so i think having a sense of get up and go is something that i definitely look for in people both professionally and personally and i do believe that sometimes you know it doesn't matter um what degree you have how many years experience you've got under your belt having a sense of get up and go and taking action and taking initiative can definitely take you a long way. Um, yeah, so that would be my answer. Brilliant, brilliant. That's it. Derma, if anyone wants to reach out to you, how can they get in touch with you? Um, yes, yeah, so they can get me on Instagram at Dermot Murph um, or just on LinkedIn as well, Dermot Murphy. Um, just search Glenbia and you will find me. Top man. Thank you very much, Dermot. And thanks everyone for listening. Mm-hmm.